My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today we are talking about prospering in your genius. Uh, I'm talking to Violet Rain Freedom. She's a business coach for solopreneurs and ADHD entrepreneurs, and um, I'm really excited to hear about her journey going from doing uh, soul-centered work and, and spirit readings and angel readings and things like that to, to empowering others to do um, what they are called to do in the, that soul space, that spirit space, and especially if they have that extra challenge of ADHD or anything that is keeps us distractible, which I kind of think we might all have a little bit of that, at least to touch these days. There's so many things calling for our attention and um, we're so easily distracted from our purpose if we're not careful. And um, and if I, if I get her drift right, I feel like prospering in your genius means when you are in your soul's flow, it's much easier to stay focused. So I'm excited to hear what she has to say about that. So welcome, Violet Rain. How are you today? I am spectacular. Thank you for that awesome intro. I loved it. Good. You're welcome. Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation. So why don't you share what you do as a business coach for solopreneurs and ADHD entrepreneurs? Yeah. So what I do is a little unique and I started coaching in 2014. And so this has developed over time. Um, I didn't want to just play in the spirituality world of energy healing because my passion truly is business. But when I went over into the business world, it would be missing spirituality. <laughs> So (laughs) really combining those has been my happy place. So in my programs with my clients, we do a lot of like, I have a lot of companies I contract with that do a lot of like done for you business systems so that I can free up the entrepreneur's energy to be in their genius. What that soul work really is, what that gifting is that truly makes them unique and is their offering for the planet. So I have a lot of passion around understanding the energetics behind why you're doing what you're doing in your business, why your results are what they are in the business. It's a really fun, like unified masculine and feminine, like the logic and the spiritual creative side combined work that I do. Very cool. And it is so needed because there's, I I find that a lot. We're, we're called to do some big things on this planet as spirit, uh, spirit led workers and, and entrepreneurs. And yet a lot of the, the business structures don't quite feel right. So what would you say to those out there who are struggling with some of that? Like if it doesn't feel authentic or in integrity, you know, how do they get past that? Or how do they listen to themselves to find something that works for them? Oh yeah. That's such a good question. You know, this is really where it comes down to doing the work and you know, at the base of everything is our belief systems. So if I'm believing that it has to be hard, if I'm believing I need to struggle and sacrifice in order to create and produce income or abundance, then that's exactly what it is that I'll create. So 
in order to step into the alignment to truly find the system that's catered for your unique way. And this is where like the ADHD stuff comes into play. Like you said, a lot of us are pretty neurodivergent now, and especially in the entrepreneur energy healing empath space. What really allows people to go there is that their brain is actually different. Um, I believe this is part of evolution actually happening in front of us. So if you want to find the system that best works for you, you get to first believe that it exists, believe you're worthy of it, believe that it can be easy. And then now, now we're starting to get some things aligned so that those solutions can find you. But if you believe it has to be hard, this comes with anything like hiring and firing, managing employees has been such a growth curve for me this last two years that I've been building my company and bringing people on and letting people go. And it has been so challenging for me. And I realized it's because I believed that people didn't want to work. I believed that I had to do all of the training. Like I had to take this blank slate of a person and like build and create them into being the position I want, or I'd find a person I really liked. And then I customize the position to them. These were all faulty belief systems. So I could not see my way out of a brown paper bag when I was doing that. And when I started shifting my beliefs, that's like, okay, this gets to be easy. This gets to be fun. I started, you know, it's like almost like waking up one day, finding myself surrounded by really intelligent, well-trained people that already knew everything they needed to know. And now they kind of keep me on track with things instead of needing to prove my martyr story true, which is if it's going to happen the right way, I got to be the one to do it. I'm all alone. I'm not supported. Right. And so that became my experience. So that's really what it comes down to like long, long answer made short. It's our belief systems really getting in there and doing the work so that the answers can find us. That's right. Yeah. Because a lot of the things you're talking about, hiring, firing, you know, needing someone to fill, you know, a role, it's, there's not a lot of story in that. It just, you know, every company has something like that, but you're exactly right. If we have these stories of, you know, we've got to do it all ourselves, or it's going to be hard or people don't want to work, et cetera, et cetera. It can cause more problems than, uh, than, than need be. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, so what brought you to this work? Um, you started um, with, you know, being very spiritually sensitive yourself, doing readings, if you want to share a little bit about that history, and then what led you into like, this is my calling, this is where this fits in? Yeah, great question. So from a very young age, I would say around six or seven, I started seeing and interacting with spirits. And at the time, I thought it was just my imagination. Because that's what I was being told by, you know, the collective in the world. I thought I was crazy. It freaked me out. And so I would ignore it. I had a lot of little strategies and techniques that I would use to kind of try to shut it down. And when I was around the age of 12, 13, I was introduced to a woman that did angel readings and she had cards. And I'll never forget the day she drew all of these cards. She laid them all out in front of me and she started crying. And I was really taken aback and she just looked at me with these eyes and I felt like she was just like really seeing me. I was being really seen for the first time. And she said, you see and talk to spirits. And I never told anybody <laughs> and my, my jaw dropped and my mom was in the room and my mom was shocked and surprised to hear that as well. And so having that validated to me that all of those moments and all of those things I'd seen and felt I didn't make it up. 
and I wasn't crazy and there was nothing wrong with me was so profoundly powerful. And that's when I really turned my whole life towards personal development at a very young age. I was reading personal development books. I would create uh, book covers out of like brown paper bags so I could take, because a lot of personal development books had like a really smiley, big teeth, cheesy person on the front. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so I would cover them so I wouldn't get teased. And I decided at that age, um, my parents were going through a divorce and my home life was really crumbling. And I found personal development and I knew that if just everybody on the planet understood these concepts about like, you can create your life, personal responsibility, like the hosts of heavens are surrounding us and supporting us. And we're not alone in this, that the whole world would change. So I decided at that adorable age, like, I'm going to change the planet. I'm going to be a motivational (laughs) speaker. I'm going to tell everybody about this stuff. And then, you know, I went and sat in the eighth grade cafeteria and uh, got weird looks and stuff. But basically ever since then I have been on a mission and my mission will pause to like, you know, graduate high school, go to college, have children, but it's still there. It's like the heartbeat of my life. Mm, I love it. Very similar journey to to my own. Actually, it's, uh, it's really cool to hear that, that I was, I was told during that time when I was kind of coming up and realizing, yes, this is my mission too that there are others, there are others going through something very similar and we're all being activated at, at the right time, you know, and there are waves uh, of, of, of those coming to help. And, and not, you know, I, I totally agree with the evolution comment as well, that the reason why we feel so different and trusting our intuition and living in that space is because it is a new way for humans to live together and to thrive together because the old ways are, are falling away. So very, very cool story. Um, I know my first mediumship reading, I, I didn't know the difference between a medium and a psychic. And now I do mediumship and I showed up, I said, well, I got two for one, let's do, let's pick her. And uh, my father came through who died when I was six and said the same thing, you do readings, which I had already started doing tarot cards. And I was like, wow, you know, I mean, it was very healing to hear from him, tears came. And then it was like, you need to do this. Like, this is your, this is your calling. So it's really interesting how a reading can shift the course of your life that way. Uh, very cool to hear your story. Yeah, it was, it was a very, like a core memory moment. Yeah. Like a pivotal yeah. point. Yeah. And I love the, the hiding your personal development books. That's, that's very interesting, but yeah, it's people don't get it when you're, when you're looking at that stuff and you're drawn to do it that early in life. So you mentioned that, you know, and you're following your intuition, like working with these, these um, concepts and, and learning to live by them has led you to some really great successes. So I'd love to hear about those and, and for, to have you share them with the audience. So you mentioned leaving a religious cult. Can you share a little bit about that? Yes. So um, I was born and raised in the Mormon church, the LDS church. And very early on, we are taught that the priesthood inside the church, which is the men in the church, they have more of a direct line to God sort of with their authority and their power. And All the leaders sitting up on the stand on Sunday are men and women just take care of the women and the children, but men are really in charge. And inside of that dynamic, there's a lot of control around intuition. And it's kind of like, you know, pray, pray, pray if this is true, but if the answer is no, then you're wrong and pray again, kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And so having these gifts, it was very tricky to navigate inside of that environment. It's not encouraged for 
anybody inside of a congregation to be gifted, especially in a way that could challenge a priesthood authority. Um, and so I was kind of incognito doing my work. I wasn't really talking about it. It was kind of like I was living a double life and I was just trying to make my religious beliefs kind of fit in with my spirituality. And around the age 17, I had been coaching for about a year. I was doing angel tarot card spirituality coaching and people were paying me and I didn't even know much about money at the time, but I was getting paid a hundred dollars an hour as a 16 year old to do these readings. And didn't even realize I'd hit the jackpot. You know, I could have been working somewhere else like Taco Bell for like, you know, $7.50 an hour or something. And I was just in my gifts. I was just doing it so naively and innocently. And one thing was leading to another and it was just really flowing. And I got called in by my bishop and I'd gotten told on. Um, my dad had called, who didn't even live at my house, had called my bishop to tell him what I was doing, get me to stop. And I was commanded by the power of the priesthood to cease and desist this because I was leading people away. And this shook me. It's really rocked my world because I loved my church and I believed it and was all in. But then they were telling me this other thing that felt so right was wrong. So I kind of paused everything and went into this really weird limbo where I knew my spiritual gifts were real and I knew that they were helping people, but I was being told to stop. And I'd been programmed that when your bishop says that, it's the same as if God says that to you. So I created this really weird divide in my brain at that time. And as the years went on um, and my spirituality grew, I kept hitting kind of a glass ceiling with my gifts and a glass ceiling with manifestation and a glass ceiling with all of these things. And um, I remember the day I was journaling about this. And I remember clear as day, like hearing and knowing the voice of creator say, if I asked you to leave the church, would you do it? And immediately my knee jerk reaction was no, <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't leave. Are you crazy? And then I paused and I was like, holy shit. I am more concerned with pleasing humans, man, then I am being aligned and following intuition. There is a, a misalignment here deep inside my psyche where I would choose into this over actually following a direct guidance from source. Mm -hmm. So I went into deep introspection and I stepped away from the church and I was very involved. I had callings in the church. I did a lot of work. I worked with the teenagers. I loved the church. I was, and I completely cold cut stopped. Now in the church, there's this thing called anti-Mormon literature, which is actually just factual information about the church that makes the church look bad. But in the church, this is all labeled anti-Mormon literature. And you're told, don't read it because it will confuse you. It will bring in a spiritual confusion because it's written by Satan himself. And it's meant to deceive you and lead you away. When actually it's just factual information about how fucked up this organization actually is and all of the really unhealthy not cool things that have happened. So I promised myself I wouldn't read that because I wanted to leave completely intuitively. So I stepped away from the church for three months and I only studied church approved writings. And as I was reading and getting deeper and deeper into like the way they were with blacks in the priesthood back in the day, um, they like members of color were not allowed to have access to the priesthood because 
they were told that it was a curse. Their skin color was a curse put on them by God because their ancestors were evil. Like think about how Mm -hmm. toxic this programming is. Like this was in the subconscious of my childhood. And as I was reading these things and I was just taking each thing bit by bit and intuitively running it through for myself, I got to the part where they have an essay that they released in like 2014, 2015 that says they're the church's actual stance on spiritual gifts. And it says the church acknowledges that members have spiritual gifts. But the guidance is that even if I had the gift of healing, like I could touch someone and heal them, I am not allowed to use it. I need to go through the proper chain of priesthood authority, call a priesthood holder, have them come over and do the healing. Hmm. And when I read that, and when I saw that Molly, I was like, my entire system was on fire. Everything in me was like, this is so not true. This is so controlling. This is, and I was done, done, done. Hmm. And so I left that cult purely with my intuition. I didn't have any outside reasoning or logic, which could have probably had me leave quicker, but I wanted to do it the right way. So not that there is a right way to leave a cult, just leave. If you're in it, just leave. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to be able to stand with no um, stories of like, Satan has deceived you. Satan has tricked you. I was like, really clear that God led me out of that experience. But I mean, they all said what they wanted to once I left anyways, like I'm totally possessed now because now I'm gay. Right. But um, basically that's, that's how I did it. And for me that I had to fight for my life, Molly, to get out of that emotionally, energetically, and spiritually. I was entangled. I have 64 first cousins on my mom's side. I was so close with my family. They're all Mormon. And I knew leaving was going to cost me my family and that I was going to be cast out and I was going to be rejected and I was going to be alone. And, but it was, I was willing because I needed to be able to look myself in the eye. I needed to be able to live with myself and live my truth. So huge celebration. Yeah. Congratulations. And, and, and I, so many stories out there to, to, you know, differing degrees of how we have to, kind of put an earthquake in our root chakra basically to follow our calling and be who we came here to be because it is it it, this human world can be very illusory and can can trap us into thinking like this is this is where we came but when we're stuck in the karma of it and the unconscious conditioning of it we yeah we we might not question that but when we're ready to live in a state of purpose and to help and to shine our lights it takes that a lot. And I'm, I'm mentioning this for listeners out there that are struggling with these family of origin things. It's, you know, maybe they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, still dealing with these family structures that are just not serving them. Sometimes you have to put that strong boundary or cut them off. And I usually don't say cut them off. <laughs> but if it is abusive, if it is toxic to that degree, you know, a boundary doesn't really do it, you almost have to w- completely walk away. So I know what kind of strength that must take. And so you did mention, you know, discovering your sexual truth as well after that point. And um, that's something that so many people deal with, because again, that's a root and sacral chakra thing that is tried, you know, humans try to control very carefully. So um, you mentioned you, you discovered it in a medicine quest, which is, is pretty amazing. So can you share about that moment when you were really in your spiritual truth, knowing your soul and realizing, hey, this is a huge part of my identity, I have to let this I have to let this shine. Thank you. Yeah, this 
this experience, I, I left the church December of 2015 and I did my spirit quest August of 2017. So it had just been a little over a year and a half. And I, it was a psilocybin journey and I'd never done anything before because when I was in the religion, I followed all the rules, which was no alcohol, no, you know, no marijuana, not, nothing. So I was literally a newbie, newbie, newbie. And, um, I went out onto this farm and I had someone that was kind of my guide and we drew cards. We set intentions. I had, um, you know, a spirit animal that was going to be with me and my intentions were just to connect to my gifts. That was really my intentions. Like, what are my gifts? And I want to see and feel and know them. And what's my next step. And at this time, you know, everything was just kind of just kind of fuzzy for me in my life. I had left the church and about a year after I left the church, I separated from my husband. And so it'd been six months since then. I'm on this spiritual journey and the medicine starts working in me and I'm experiencing beautiful visuals. I'm out in nature. I'm connecting. I'm seeing my gifts. And then my guide starts talking to me about their life. And I immediately just started coaching them. <laughs> so I'm here, I'm, I'm in this journey, but it's like, I'm just, I'm coaching them. Um, I like to tell people, it's kind of a disgusting analogy, but for me coaching, when I see a block or I see an issue, it's almost like someone with a big old white head on, on their face. I feel like, <laughs> please, like, like just pop it, move it, take care of it. Like it's, it's begging you, it's ready to leave. It, it doesn't mm. want to be here. And so I was feeling that way, Molly. So I just started like coaching her. And we're just like going deep. And because I was under the influence of the medicine, I was getting visuals about what my gifts were doing. I was seeing the way I would access somebody's energetic field. And I would basically anywhere that they had like a collapsed grid, I would just like reestablish the grid anywhere that there was anything that was stuck or blocked. I would just reconnect and reattach. I was just seeing myself doing this with my words. I was like, whoa, my words are my magic. Like that's how I do it. Mm -hmm. And then I started to see how in that container, I would take on a very masculine energy when I was coaching and, and my client would be kind of like the feminine energy. And I was, I was feeling myself in that space. I was like, Oh, this is actually where I feel really at home is in this masculine energy. And then as the journey went on near the end, I had this moment of feeling that my next divine partner was a woman. And it freaked me out. Like it freaked me out really bad because I had no indicators of this in my own self growing up that this existed. Now that I know that I am, I see lots of signs, but I had really blinded myself. Like I had programmed myself so thoroughly that I didn't even know who I was intimately attracted to. That's mm -hmm. a pretty extreme level of brainwashing. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, when I realized that it was undeniable for me, it was clear as day. So after the medicine journey ended, it took me seven or eight months to really process and accept this fact. Um, because for me, it wasn't a sexual thing. It was a spiritual thing, just like leaving the religion. I spiritually knew that my most aligned partnership was going to be a woman. But I was still so freaked out. I was like, I don't even know if I could ever even kiss a woman. What? <laughs> and then like to be with a partner, you're like intimate with them and stuff. And I'm like, I don't even know how I would like the whole sex thing. Everything really freaked me out. 
But once again, spirit just really guided that entire process, like step after step after step of me. Like I had to watch movies like the L word where women kiss and women are in relationships to show my brain that it exists and it's possible. Like, yeah, you can actually have a relationship and this is what it looks like because I was so queer ignorant. I'd never seen it. I'd never been around it. I was like raised in a little box of Mormonism. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and that's so true. When we have mind-based ideals and rules that are running our lives, we get disconnected from our bodies and our spirits and that energy that, yeah, is either attracted to someone or is has a soul contract with someone to, to make a big difference in each other's lives and everything else. So I'm glad you got plugged in. <laughs> Again, you, you shattered and ruptured that root chakra so that you could then plug in. And it sounds like, I mean, just talking to you, you sound very confident, you know who you are you know what you're here to do. So it didn't do all that much damage, but you certainly are a strong one to get through all of that because uh, it wasn't that long ago, you know, 2015. It, it really was, wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I want to, I want to just speak into that just for a second, because for, for our audience to know, like I sound really clear and confident right now because of the container we're in deconstructing from leaving a religion or leaving even a sexuality where you're believing you're this one way, leaving a narcissistic relationship, anywhere that your brain has been really owned by another person and controlled by another person, you will have really good days and then you can have a bad day. Because what what happens is I was told how to make decisions. And so those decision-making algorithms exist in my brain still. And then I'm going to raise my five children that I have, which I know that's a whole crazy, another whole conversation. We could have to do a whole other interview about (laughs) raising children. Um, But raising my five kids or making decisions in my business. And I come to these crossroads where before I had a perfectly defined algorithm that said exactly what's right, what's wrong, what's next, where to go, what to do. Um, And there were constraints and limits on source based on what's right or wrong. And so that's why if source was guiding me to go in a direction that my church defined as wrong, I was just you know, I was missing the mark on all of that. Right. So there are, I do still have bad days when I'm, you know, questioning myself and wondering, you know, am I doing the right thing? You know, my kids get bullied at school. I live in Utah my kids get bullied because they have gay moms, you know, and things like that. And so just know, like, if you're in this place and your earth, you know, your root chakra is getting rocked and you're shifting things and you're having identity things come up and, and all of that, that it's incredibly normal to have moments and days where in your pursuit of connecting clearer to source, you can feel more disconnected from source than ever because so many things are needing to be broken down and cleaned out and restructured. So just compassion and love for the self. Um, I just don't ever want anyone to think because I'm coming, I come across so confident that it hasn't been like, it has kicked my ass to discover these things and realize these things. And I am in such celebration of them. And I see them as my biggest successes. I'm not talking about like, when you had that question, your biggest successes, I'm like, right. I could talk about like all the companies I've launched and monies I've made and trips I've taken and stages I've spoken on, but actually the biggest accomplishment was reclaiming my life, reclaiming my connection to source that nobody else gets to own that or have that reclaiming my sexuality, you know, that is, that is a huge thing that was taken from me and that the church owned 
the church owned my virginity. The church owned my desire, my passion, my everything. And I reclaimed that. And so it's a huge accomplishment that I fought for tooth and nail. And I sometimes still get to fight those programs as they come up, but it does get easier and easier as time passes. So thanks. Yeah. Thank you for adding that for sure. That's it. You remember when we first met, I said, your authenticity is freaking awesome. So there you go. (laughs) You've got the genuine authentic story and yeah. Yeah. Just backing up on what I mentioned. It's, it's rarely easy, you know, to, to do these, to do these shifts and to break the programming but it is so worth it no matter what it is out there that you're fighting and feeling like you don't know who you are or you don't know what choice to make you do it's inside somewhere and it's about shifting that story about how how you're how you're making choices either you're making them from someone else's expectations which is not our fault we are raised in certain certain expectations and certain structures and then when we discover, oh, our intellect that our ego is is the, the boss of, you know, has our judgments, has structures that it continues to keep us and to keep us safe and, and thinking that we know everything, um, we can break through when we know that our spirit and our intuition is truly the thing that knows the way. And, and that is something we no one can control. We can't even control it. We just have to go with the flow of it, right? <laughs> right, Violet Rain? Amen. <laughs> well, um, as with all my guests, I love to talk about the current challenges that we face as as those that are following our calling and helping others. And you mentioned that sometimes even today when others can't see your vision or they disagree with what your intuition is telling you to do, you struggle a little bit with that and, and, and trusting that inner voice despite all the things coming at you from outside. So can you share how that's been affecting you maybe in 2023? Yeah. So I would say, you know, when I was back in the day, when I was in the cult, I was certain about it. You know, I had a lot of like belief in it. So I learned that I was wrongfully certain that in those situations, I thought I had the cure all end all and I was right. And I was actually wrong. So since then, um, kind of as a defense mechanism, I've developed what can sometimes be a healthy skepticism with my automatic thoughts, but can sometimes really derail me when I'm intuitively actually really knowing. And so because of that, especially if my wife is getting a different read on something than me, I can kind of spiral down into kind of an overthinking, almost a trauma response because my mind has not been my own at times. And, um, you know, especially, you know, sometimes with spirit, some things come through like really sharp and clear. And sometimes things are like kind of hazy or they're coming into focus. Mm -hmm. It's when things are hazy or coming into focus and someone doesn't agree that I can almost, the, the feeling Molly is almost like, well, I'll just, I'm just going to walk away from it then, <laughs> you know, like an avoidance of like, it's just too much, too big. I don't know the answer. I'm out of here. And I can see that there's so much value of just staying present, staying in the conversation and allowing the uncomfortableness of disagreement or sitting in the unknown to feel like that that's safe mm-hmm. yeah. again. That makes total sense. And <clears throat> definitely the the thing that is most challenging for you as I draw the cards, are you open to me sharing that on the show? Yeah, here? let's hear what the cards are saying. <laughs> awesome. Well, your higher self is definitely taking over and taking control of your life. And and maybe, you know, the, the, the folks in your past that say you're possessed, you are, but it's your true, honest, higher self that's, <laughs> that's possessed your, you know, kind of egoic self. And when you sit still with that, when you follow your 
internal yeses and kind of this, you have a good sense of what's in resistance and what's in flow. And it's very shamanic in that way. It's, it's not very explainable through words. Um, that's when you know which way to go. And that's literally what you teach people, you know, being in alignment with, with whatever they choose. So there's really no right way to do anything. Um, if you struggle with like, oh, if I do this, I might, you know, ruin something I've already built. Or if I go that way, I might, you know, fall in with the wrong crowd or wrong, wrong business people or whatever. There's really no way you can go wrong because there is a destined um, outcome for this. And a call, the calling is very clear and very defined for you. So as long as you don't give up on it um, and keep taking steps forward, you are on, you are on the path. So it's just about not giving up, not giving in. That seems to be the biggest challenge here. Does that make sense? Oh, I love that. That's great. Yeah. So you're coming out of this time of, you know, being out of the worst of the storm and learning the how to work with the flow of the universe, this manifestation process, which has transformed you a great deal. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, maybe speak in your truth a little bit. I get this throat thing sometimes when someone's uh, <clears throat> clearing their throat chakra. Um, but, you know, your biggest um, obstacle here is speaking your truth even more loudly and more proudly. Um, what else are you called to do that is <clears throat> more empowering than even what you're doing now? And this may be a side kind of heart soul project. Maybe it's not a business, but you know, even when you were talking about coming out or leaving the cult, like there was a passion there. So there's, there's some other work that you may be bringing into what you're doing that's even more healing than than helping with businesses. It's almost like I can see the the businesses as the you know it's your bread and butter. It's what you do and you love it. But then this passion project comes in as well. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I might I be talking about? I think the passion project is probably the motivational speaking. Yeah, that's what I initially wanted to be spending my time with. Um, and I don't do a lot with it. I don't promote myself as a speaker. I mean, I do a lot of speaking. I do a lot of lives. I do trainings, workshops. I do a podcasting, things like that. But actually getting out there more on stages at events, um, one to many, mm -hmm. my gifts really go to a whole nother level when I have the, a large audience in front of me. Mm -hmm. I can just channel in a way that... Um, just surprises me, delights me, lights me up. And it feels like that's the reason I breathe air. Yeah. And that's the transmission. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love it. Well, definitely the, the way to get there is sim simply learning, learning the nuts and bolts of it, learning, you know, how it works. So if you can, if you are drawn to a speaking program or speaking coach or something like that, it feels like your intellect needs to learn the nuts and bolts to trust that path, to see, to see the way that it can not only help you live your purpose, but also bring in that income to help raise the five kids, you know, and, and to support you because, um, you know, when we're doing what we love for business, I think that tends to be a challenge a lot. Like we just give it away for free. We, you probably just stand on a soapbox and just speak, but we've got to, you know, we've got to, we got to pay the bills. So I feel when you are really clear about that and you go for it, it's going to be a very lucrative and, and, and fortunate thing that, that you get to. And for you, as far as standing up on those audience uh, stages, uh, whether it's a TED talk or, you know, um, speaking to colleges or speaking to um, 
It might even, in, even be energy healing uh, summits. I, I have, uh, there's a lot of different things I feel that like you could do and bring your message to a lot of different places. Um, you know, have the vision. You, I know you already have it, but the more you quiet the mind around it again and listen to that inner yes, listen to that dynamic energy within you, um, you will find your unique way to do this. And it's it's different than anybody else, but if you don't follow the calling, it will continue to bother you. <laughs> so I feel like the message here today is, definitely keep taking steps to learn how to get that done in the world. Thank you. I love that. Very powerful. Awesome. You're very welcome. I look forward to seeing where you go with it. Very exciting. So where can people learn more about you if they'd like to find you online? Yes. So I play primarily on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I do have a LinkedIn, but um, I haven't been playing over there in that space very much. So those are your best bets. It's just violet rain freedom all across the board. The website right now is for my healing center that I run here out of Vernal, Utah, and it's www.thenewearthcenter.com. If you want to check out a little bit of what we have going on here and that's where you can find me. Lovely. Thanks for sharing. And thanks for sharing your light today. It's been a wonderful conversation. Awesome. Thanks, Molly. You're welcome. And thanks guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, If you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.